everyone, and welcome to the very first ever RGP Reviews. This is Joseph with Remote Gaming Podcast. Every month, Kevin and myself will try to put out a review for a game that we've completed. As we stated in this month's podcast, the format for how we deliver content has changed, and RGP Reviews being one of those new and exciting changes. Today, I will be giving my review of Cyberpunk 2077. Don't worry, there will be no spoilers. I had a lot of fun playing this very controversial game, so for the next 8 to 10 minutes or so, sit back, relax, enjoy, and enjoy my take on my experience with one of the most anticipated games of 2020. Enjoy. Cyberpunk 2077, one of the most anticipated and hype-driven games of all time. Developed by CD Projekt Red after a pre-production that began in late 2015 after the team wrapped up the DLC for The Witcher 3's expansion Blood and Wine, the team began the ambitious undertaking of creating a world based off Mike Pondsmith's cyberpunk pen-and-paper role-playing franchise. The game was developed on CD Projekt Red's modified Red Engine 3. It was released on December 10th, 2020, and was met with less than favorable response. Initially being released for the PS4 and the Xbox One as an upgrade edition for next-gen consoles to follow this later this year, the team at CD Projekt Red claimed, The game runs surprisingly well on last-gen hardware. After many review copies entered the wild, the truth could not be farther from actuality that the famed developer had claimed. Riddle with bugs extremely poor frame rate, and downgraded visuals on launch PS4 and Xbox One, many people requested and received refunds for their copy. The backlash was so much so that it was removed from the PSN store a week after launch. For full disclosure, the entirety of this review is based solely on myself playing over 51 hours on an Xbox Series X. My time in Night City may vary differently from your experience depending on what system you play on and the bugs you may or may not encounter. To combat some of those issues since the release of the game, it is currently in its patch 1.06, with 1.07 expected to be delivered later this month. Without further ado, let's take a deep dive into Night City. As stated earlier, I spent over 51 hours in Night City before I rolled credits. That time was spent mainly enjoying the main quest, as well as a plethora of side quests and gigs, the game's equivalent to the map-clearing quest of The Witcher 3. Although I did not experience all that Night City has to offer, I completed the campaign on a playthrough with a Street Kid-created storyline, one of the game's three playable backstories. As soon as character creation starts, you were able to customize nearly every aspect of your character as a person, from genital size and detail to being completely asexual. Although the genitalia customization, while being interesting at best, it's not warranted for other than the character scream in-game, you never actually get to see the goods. And as interesting and somewhat humorous the endowment editing may be, the customization in the character creator as a whole felt somewhat mundane and pointless, being it is a first-person shooter, and you see your character maybe a handful of times during cutscenes. Most of those do not occur until towards the end of the game. After the character creation, you're put into a choice for a backstory. You're given three options. Corpo, a product of the many conglomerate corporations that have succumbed Night City to their technology and power that drives the heart and soul. Street Kid, a product of your environment growing up on the bustling streets and shady underbelly of Night City. Or Nomad, a territorial group of people that live off the land directly outside Night City limits as they fight for peace away from the corporate and gang lifestyle. Sadly, whatever your choice may be, it is rarely reflected into the main story itself, other than a few dialogue options, as well as minor changes that affect the main story itself in certain cutscenes. For my first playthrough, as I stated, I played a street kid, and while the dialogue options itself I felt gave me a fitting edge in certain uh, conversational moments that felt true to the game's atmosphere, 
This backstory alone felt very fitting to the male voice actor for V, whose almost Brooklyn-style accent and cynicism and charm fit that character very well. Speaking of characters, Night City is chock full of memorable ones, from the humorous and lovable Jackie Wells, the Spanish-speaking ex-Valentino's gang member and V's partner in crime, to the beautiful nomad with a take-no-shit attitude in Pan Am, to the proverb-spitting Japanese martial artist Goro Takamura. The game is well-casted and provides a good mix of characters that go on the journey with V. However, one character in particular stills the show. The narcissistic asshole that is Johnny Silverhand, played by Keanu Reeves, shares V's entire journey from start to finish in a very personal way. Reeves plays the part convincingly well. However, in my own personal opinion, V stole the show, voiced by actor Gavin Dree. As the story progressed, you really did begin to feel for the character, and that was only made evident by Dree's strong performance toward the end of the game, as V's emotions and literal inner demons start to get the best of him. As good as characters and voice acting are in Cyberpunk 2077, it's a shame that the writing was a bit of a letdown. Compared to the many dialogue options and characters to interact with in The Witcher 3, this game feels somewhat weaker in that regard. The story itself is cohesive enough to get the grasp of what's happening in the world around you. However, little to no explanation of how the world ended up in this state of technologic utopia is ever given. This, however, is made up in the abundance of shards that you can find throughout the game. These tell the tale of Night City in a similar fashion like games such as Computer Terminals and Doom to random notes found out in the world in Bethesda games. As interesting as some of these are, however most of them are quite long to read and as many of them as there are, it can slow the game down and break immersion if you were to try and read every single shard in the game to learn its lore. However, if things like Destiny 1's Grimoire cards or your cup of tea, you may enjoy reading the novel that is Cyberpunk 2077's lore shards. As far as in terms of gameplay, the gunplay is surprisingly satisfying. Each firearm does feel a little bit different in terms of choice and style. However, most pistols fire like every other pistol. Most shotguns fire like every other shotgun. The guns are very satisfying to use, though, and the combat feels very cohesive for being an FPS. It does just that and feels like an FPS. Nothing really stands out, and the melee combat is extremely disappointing, especially the hand-to-hand feels extremely clunky and could use some extra polish. However, one melee aspect in particular is very satisfying to use. That would be the overpowered Manus Blades. An upgrade to V's arms are quite exciting and powerful to use. These blades that protrude from V's forearms are a very effective alternative to attacking your enemy. Combine this with one of your dash abilities, and you're able to make very quick work of a room full of enemies as you slice and dice your way through a room like some sort of futuristic food processor. Guns and blades are not the only tool at V's disposable. Uh, excuse me, disposal. Almost every part of V's body is capable of equipping a modification to assist V in some way or another, whether hacking a computer terminal, disabling a security camera, or literally controlling the minds of every enemy in the room to not attack you, you truly are free to make every engagement feel different from the last. As cool as a concept of hacking is, the process itself definitely slows down the gameplay, as it would be, in my opinion, to be more fun going in guns blazing and using your ever-so-powered Manus Blades. Getting around in the large city is met with a large amount of vehicles in the game. You are able to steal vehicles on the street GTA style. However, like GTA, make sure you do not do this in front of the authorities. There are also a plethora of cars to purchase and find throughout the open world as you complete the main quest that become yours upon entering and are just a quick phone call away and can be immediately delivered to you. I have a love... 
love-hate relationship with this game's vehicles. While some vehicles, such as the Jackie's Arch motorcycle, is very fun to drive through the bustling city streets, quite a few of the vehicle control, they, they control very poorly, and that turning is either too sensitive or not sensitive enough. Hopefully a few patches can iron this out. The I, The UI and the inventory system definitely feels like it missed the mark. If you ever played The Witcher 3 at launch, then you know how convoluted and messy your inventory and crafting menus were. It seems like CD Projekt Red did not learn from those past mistakes. However, like The Witcher 3, I'm confident that a later patch can address these issues. Graphically speaking, on the Series X, there are times that Night City is quite beautiful and breathtaking, more so than any game I've played this year. Especially at night with the neon-lit signs and rainstorms at night are something of a treat and really set the tone and match the atmosphere of the game. However, the textures in this game are rather basic. The game certainly boasts a large attention to detail, quite possibly more detail than I've ever seen in any game. An attention to detail from things like steam coming out of a manhole, opening to the grittiness of the streets, and the attention to detail to everyone and everything in the afterlife bar. The textures in the city buildings themselves don't look great, and the times that you do see V's character model in cutscenes, the detail is not as abundant to other characters such as Silverhand or Judy Alvarez and can make your character look out of place. The most beautiful part of this game are the beautiful countrysides outside of the no man's land that surrounds Night City. The brown and greens of the wide open dunes are quite visually appealing, especially around midday. However, for a game that was released in 2020, it definitely does not meet the standard that we've come to expect from AAA games, such as Red Dead Redemption 2, Horizon Zero Dawn, and God of War. Cyberpunk 2077 is gorgeous, but visually speaking, there really is no excuse why this game should not be able to run at at least 30 FPS on PS4 and Xbox One, considering the level of detail in the aforementioned games. Story-wise, the game does a decent job at keeping you invested in the main plot and concentrated on the main task that V must focus on the entire game. There are a potential of five endings, with one of the endings focusing on whom you choose to romance during the game. As stated earlier, spoilers will not be given to the plot. However, if you are looking for a sunshine happy ending, you won't find it here. It is in these endings that Cyberpunk 2077 really does feel like a warning to society. A warning of what may or may not happen to us if we choose to let technology get the upper hand in our lives. In closing, I really did enjoy my time with Cyberpunk 2077, and I look forward to multiple playthroughs on multiple backstories, completing all that the game has to offer, as well as an anticipation to see what CD Projekt Red offers in terms of next-gen updates, not to mention what story story DLC may be coming considering the success and greatness of Witcher 3's Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine. However, one thing must happen before that. CD Projekt Red must focus on fixing this game for consoles that it was intended to be released for, before focusing on the other things that I'm wishing for. Trust must be gained back. For just because I enjoyed my time with this game, I know there are a plethora of other gamers who did not. I truly think Cyberpunk 2077 has a chance to right its wrongs and has the potential to become one of the best games ever made. Given the success and the passion that the studio is known for, I'm hopeful this will be the case. However, in a time when the world is stricken by a global deadly pandemic that definitely affected this game's production and release, and a plethora of lawsuits that seem to be pending that the studio is now facing, the future of this game does appear to be in limbo. One thing is certain, Cyberpunk 2077 was one hell of a ride and gave us something to talk about, if nothing less. Folks, that was our first review for the Remote Gaming Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. I'm Joseph, 
be sure to check us out uh, once a month. Be sure to check us out on our YouTube channel. Check out Kevin on Twitch. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you like this review, be sure to write us at remotegamingpodcast at gmail.com. Take care and be good to one another.